It's been almost two decades we've been on this journey to educate, liberate, and help you take action so you may better manage your financial future, achieve peace of mind, and accomplish your life's purpose. This podcast reveals financial tips, strategies, and insights that will help you set your goals and guide you along the way to help you achieve them. This is Managing Your Financial Future, brought to you by the advisors at Lucia Capital Group. I'm your host, Johnny Dean, with our own Rick the Professor Plum, Chief Financial Planning Officer. Managing Your Financial Future podcast. Hey, thank you and thank me for that uh, little <laughs> intro I just did. I, do I get paid for both <laughs> announcing and uh, hosting here, you Professor get the Plum? Same, you get paid the same amount. I suppose I do. I am Johnny Dean. I'm here with our Professor Rick Plum, a certified financial planner professional and the guy who takes care of all the plans. All plans with Lucia Capital Group go through you. All strategy. All strategy. All yeah, everything. So you kind of review, you, you you make reviews. And, you know, one of the things that we've talked about before, and we've done some Social Security webinars, we've done some talks about Social Security, and, you know, one of the hardest things for an advisor to do, and many of them don't do it, is to integrate Social Security into their, their, plan. their, their, their plan. Yeah, they say, when are you going to take it? Oh, you're going to take it at 62? Okay, we'll build that in the plan. Not a question of, should you take it at 62? Should you consider waiting? Or you're waiting? Well, why are you waiting? Maybe you should take it early. I mean, Yeah, it, it, because it, and a good part of that has to do with the rules, because the rules are very complex. <laughs> and they've changed in the past decade. And they keep changing. It, it, I mean, it's, it's a constantly evolving thing. So the, the, the topic for this particular podcast has to do with making Social Security decisions. And, and I want to try to alleviate some of that confusion by uh, telling you ahead of time that we have a decision kit, but we'll plug that toward the end of the podcast. <laughs> I did a search, Professor Plum, of uh, just a quick Google search, and I wrote Social Security Decisions. All right? Okay. And the top results were just very quickly, I saw this, five wise decisions you can make on Social Security. <laughs> okay. Three Social Security decisions you're bound to regret. Well, I'd like to know those. Uh, we'll get to those. The selfish Social Security decision you shouldn't make. I'd like to know that one, too. That's from the same website. You may be making your Social Security claiming decision all wrong. All right, so you, oh, you, okay. you, you see. Here's what you should always do. Never do this. You're doing it wrong. You're doing it right. Okay. Anything that starts off in the financial planning world that says never or always that's, is suspect. That should be mind. a red flag. Yes. That should be a red flag. So I want to, f- before I, I get to the other meat of this so stuff. So what are the three that I'm going to regret? I knew you were going to ask me that, and so I want to know the last, what was the, after that, the one I really hated or something? Uh, you you may be making, no, no, the so, selfish, selfish social security yeah. decision you should make. I, I'll look at that. From the same website. Sort of a foolish website, if you oh, know what I mean. Oh, yes. All right, so, so here were the three that oh, they claim much. that uh, you're bound to gr- regret. Number one, claiming benefits too early. Uh, now, some people might regret that if they live long enough. But you can make a case for claiming it early. Yeah, How not, can you claim too everybody early? Everybody that claims it early, like at 62, will regret their decision. Why would it be too early? I mean, if I start taking it at 62 and I live to be 96. Yeah, you, you could have received a lot more money overall by waiting. But, I mean, my break-even point would have been somewhere in the uh, mid to late 80s. Yeah, mid-80s. Something like that. But at that point, do I care? Your heirs might. Maybe, but I mean, I didn't know I was going to live to be 96, and I feel I had some peace of mind. So well, in that case, you're, you're either right because you died early, or you had a really long life, which you weren't expecting, which, well, that's not the worst thing in the world either. Well, no, it isn't. And maybe by claiming it at age 62, I was able to retire at age 62. Well, no, I'd, I'd make the argument that if, you're gonna, if you know you're going to live a long time, or you expect to live a long time, 
taking it at 62 isn't necessarily always the best choice either. No, it may not be, but I don't, nobody knows. Financially, you would be better off waiting in some cases. You you could be, but what I'm saying is I don't know how long, I I could be in perfect health and get hit by a truck. So, and then it made it a bad decision. But if I'm saying at age 62, I can retire by taking my social security now. Well, I'm saying that that's, that's an independent issue. If you can afford to retire at 62, taking your social security at 62 or not is not the one, the thing that's going to make or break your retirement. You either have enough money or you don't integrating it with social security. If you, because if you if you don't have enough money and without taking social security, you're probably going to run out of money anyway. You think? Right. I mean, if, if unless you know for a fact that you're going to die early. Well, that may be true. All right. So claiming benefits too early, there you, you can make a case for claiming. I can make a case age, both ways. Age 62. So I don't like that absolute. So here was another. I mean, you're I don't bound like any to absolutes. regret. <laughs> you're, you're bound to regret. You may not regret taking it at age 62. All right. You may wind up with some disease you didn't know you had at age oh, 64. Man, I'm glad I took it at 60. You got something out of it Absolutely. before I died. All right. So the the second decision they say you're bound to regret is delaying benefits when your health is poor. Well, I mean, looking at it in a vacuum, that is that is something. Yes, you should not. If you are not of good health, uh, you, you don't expect to live a long time, and you're single, then taking waiting to take your benefit is not a very bright idea if you really don't think you're going to live a long time. You made a key point, though. <laughs> you're single. They don't say this at all here. What if my health is poor, and I don't expect to live much past 70, 71, and I'm 62 right now, but I'm married, and I get a healthy spouse. I you, mean, Who's got the bigger and benefit? And I've got this much bigger benefit. My healthy spouse worked. Maybe she, you know, she did. Maybe she didn't. She does not have a huge benefit. Yeah. Why would I take it early? Uh, you probably shouldn't in that case. Maybe she should uh, in this in your hypothetical example. In that, let let's start getting some benefit from her work, and because her benefit, mm-hmm. if you delayed it, will never catch up to yours. And that way, unfortunately, when you pass on, you will leave the best survivor option available, exactly. because it is still based on what you would have received when you died or what you were basically receiving when you died. That's the starting point for the survivor benefit. There's some nuances to that, but basically that's where we're at. All right, so that's a case where let's imagine my health is poor and I'm married. I should delay as long as possible. In many cases, that may make some sense for the family. Well, make sense for you necessarily, but for the couple, it may make sense for the two of you. Well, and they don't even bring that up. So you just debunked that second one. Uh, the well, third, I mean, how can you have, I'm going to regret taking too early. I'm going to regret taking it too late. Can, how can I have it both ways? You can't. Which I'm is, just going to regret my decision according to them. <laughs> and I, I come from the mind that you're actually probably never going to regret your decision. <laughs> I mean, you won't. Your spouse might. Your surviving spouse, maybe your heirs. I don't think you ever. Well, will. I think if, if if you delay taking it, even if you're single, if you delay taking your your Social Security till seventy, you will either live long enough to thank yourself for waiting, or it won't matter because you won't need the money. <laughs> near as we can tell, yeah, um, we, we don't think you need the money. The third Social Security decision they say you're bound to regret is filing early when you have a spouse to consider. Now well, that, that comes we, into play with what we just talked about. We just talked about that, which was... And you're not going to regret it. Your spouse is going to regret it. <laughs> well, yeah. Now, I'm not saying I disagree with filing early when you have a spouse to consider. However, you might have, uh, have your reasons for filing early, even if your spouse... Now, you have if, a spouse to consider, but let's let's switch this around. 
You're the 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 I'm the lower earning, lower earner. earning spouse. Oh, I'm going to take it as early as I can then. And you're healthy, and you plan to live for a while. Let's say, but my, even if you don't, but my spouse is not healthy, and yeah. they've got the bigger benefit. Take yours now. I'm going to take mine early and let them delay taking theirs, so I can get the bigger benefit later. Right. So when you folks, when you look at headlines like this. And these are really done in absolutes, even though they kind of contradict one another. It also comes into play with what else is going on in life as far as, are you still working? Do you need the money right now? That's I mean, you know, if you're still working and you're under full retirement age, you can apply for it, but you may not get any or much of it at all. They don't even mention that in a lot of this. So you can see already that there are a bunch of different factors. When you start looking at absolutes like you're going to regret doing this, you're going to regret doing that, Think about it and say there are cases where you absolutely will not regret it. Well, in this case, they they ran, you're going to regret it if you start early. You're going to regret it if you take it late. Well, when aren't you going to regret it? Well, and, and as I said, that goes back to me saying you're never going to regret when you take it. Money is money. So, so here's what we hear a lot. You should never take your Social Security early. That seems to be one of the... One of the catch-all pieces of advice. It comes back to that absolute, never, never, never. There's always a case to be made for sometimes delaying. Well, yeah. The reason they say don't take it early, well, because you know, when you take it early, you take a reduction in benefits. Uh-huh. Somewhere, if you take it at 62, the reduction is somewhere between 25 and 30%, depending upon what year you were born. Yeah. And if you were going to That's a pretty take, good size reduction. Well, it is. And from age, age 70, which is the highest uh, age you can take it, uh-huh. uh, it's an even bigger reduction than that. But, of course, it all is going to depend on how you live so or how long you live. So let's just take a case. When should somebody, we'll start with a single individual, what case can be made for a single individual for taking it early? You sort of mentioned it Now, before. we're going to assume, first off, that they are actually not working anymore. Well, yeah, or, or they don't make enough for it to matter. Like 18000 yeah. a year, give or take? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, it comes down to what do you want to bet, and it is a bet because you're putting hard, cold cash on the line here. When do you want to bet you're going to die? If you think and you want to bet that you're going to be a long liver, you know, your grandparents are still alive taking care of their parents, you know, and yeah. everything in your family history says you make it to 90 plus, then the bet is that you want that you expect to live a long time, wait to take your social security benefit until 70. On the other side, if you've got a family history that says uh, 70 ain't happening. <laughs> 70 is lucky. Yeah, I, mean, I I have a friend I've talked about him in the past. He says that no male in his family has ever made it to 60. So he expects to make it to 60, 62, but he's taken his benefit at 62. You can bet. Oh, absolutely. He doesn't expect it to, and his is the lower of the two spouses. Uh, His wife makes more money than him, and so she'll have a bigger benefit. She's probably going to wait. She's going to work a little longer anyway, but he's going to take his at 62, and that's the right choice for him. All right, but let's say I do expect to live a long time, and let's say that I do wind up living to age 95 or something, Uh and I took my Social Security at age 62. Your portfolio will thank you. I'm doing fine. I've, I've, you know, my break even where I should have maybe waited because at this point I would have had more money is about mid 80s, 85, yeah, early 86. to mid 80s, depending upon what variables you want to put in for cost of living and yes. earnings rates and things now, like that. Let's say I make it to age 86 and my light bulb goes off and say, man, if I had taken it later at this point, I'd be farther ahead than I am now. You know, at this point, I've been taking my Social Security for 22, 23 years. I'm not even thinking about that. Most people feel comfortable with their decision at 70 and one month. When they get that <laughs> big check, they say, I am glad I waited. If they waited. 
Yeah, but if somebody, they waited. But somebody who didn't wait and is used to this didn't know they were going to live quite that long. Well, it's a matter of out of sight, out of mind. They don't, you know, if no, they if they think about it and say, you know what, I'm getting, you know, fifteen hundred a month, but I could have been getting, you know, close to three thousand a month. Oh, that would have gone a lot easier. Yeah, but I also got that fifteen hundred a month for the first eight years. Eight years, you yeah. know, and, and I had nothing for the first eight years. So anyway, I mean. I don't think you're going to regret it. All right, so that's a that's a you, you actually gave both of them. I, my question was, when should a single person take it as early as possible? You mentioned health being the health is a driving factor. The driving for a single individual in oh, this yes. case, and you also made the case for when should they wait as long as possible. That's if they believe that they're going to live as long as possible, or that their spouse is going to live a long time. Why well, was that? We see this a lot. Focusing too, where, on single right there. Oh, for single, yeah. If you think purely single individuals. Uh, who doesn't have an ex that they care about or anything like that, uh, or kids at home, it, well, that brings in a whole other issue. You, Absolutely. If you've got kids at home that are under the age of 18, do you start it early so that they can get a benefit? Even though you took a discount, they still get their benefit until they turn age 18-ish. So if they're 17, yeah, maybe not that much of a driving factor. But if you've got young kids at home, for whatever reason, you, know, you may want to take it early just because you get a lot more money in those early years while the kids are under 18. Well, there are people like that. There are people in their 60s who maybe took over, you know. Grandkids, the grandkids. and they, they adopted them. And, uh, and and now they're the sole uh, care uh, provider. <laughs> this adds yet another level of complexity. All right, let's go to married people here. When <laughs> should a married person take it as early as possible? Uh, when one of the spouses doesn't have the greatest life expectancy or average, average or less life expectancy, and uh, they are the lower benefit earner. So the lower benefit earner who may have a decent life expectancy should consider taking it early. It has to do with do either one of the parties, and we have to look at age differences now. If you know, if my spouse is five or six, seven, eight years older than me, and they've got the larger benefit, then it's probably highly likely that my benefit will go away and I will step up to that larger survivor benefit at some point before I get to age 85, because that would mean my spouse was like 92. So your spouse is more likely to die. You're more likely to lose so your benefit. How and get long the survivor. is my benefit expected to last? Even though I may think I'm going to live to be 105, my benefit, if I'm the lower wage earner, my benefit will only last as long as my spouse lasts. And All if right. my spouse is older and they have the higher benefit, that's what the assumption is here, my benefit's going to go away. Even if I live, my benefit's going to go away because I'll pick up the higher benefit. You only get one or the other. You don't get both. At least not under today's rules. <laughs> yeah, which obviously changes from time to time. All right, so when should a married couple, is there a time you can, uh, a situation you can come up with where a married couple should both wait until age 70, the longest they can wait? It's harder nowadays where we can't piggyback off somebody else's benefit. Yeah. It used to be where we could file and suspend and take a spousal benefit. That's one thing. Now it's a much harder game to play where... We may wait until full retirement age, but um, you know, or we may wait until the older one gets to full retirement age. Again, it depends on which benefit is higher and the ages of the, how old is one. Yeah, or the what's other. the age gap difference? Yeah, uh, but I, it, I'm having a harder time coming up with an area where both should wait until seventy. The only thing I can come up with is both have high benefits, both have super long life expectancy, and both are continuing to work, work. until seventy, where they just don't need the money. 
in in that case, wait until seventy. Wait, they should both wait. Until the, but don't wait till seventy-one. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we so should remind people. The latest that. you would wait is seventy and a half because the furthest back you can go is six months retroactive. Well, that's the thing, and, and explain what you mean by that because there you can you can file and and get retroactive benefits back if assuming you, you were eligible for the benefits, you can get up to six months back pay basically. Yeah. So if I forgot and I didn't I didn't file until almost 70 and a half, I can go back and file as if I were filing at age 70 and get that and benefit. get those six months yeah. payments back. Now, if I wait until 71, I've wasted the first six months of those payments. I'll never get them back. And it's not helping me by waiting at that point because the benefit does not increase based on delayed retirement credits past age 70. These are tricky decisions that people have to make. Now, there's a reason why we came up with a social security decision kit. It's got a different scenarios. It's got a uh, sort of decision tree, which you've looked at. I need to look at it again. It's been a year or so. But well, it has. And, and, and we do review these every year because different, different things change. They haven't changed much in the law in the last year, but we are getting to the point. Somebody who is 62 right now doesn't have a full retirement age until 66 and eight months. That was different from somebody who turned 62 in 2019. Yes. In 2018. <laughs> so full retirement age, very quickly. Things happen. That everybody should know what their full retirement age is. Now, full retirement age really doesn't mean much as far as when you're going to claim, other than that's the starting point for when your actual benefit is calculated. Your benefit is calculated as of your full retirement age, and then it's reduced for each month that you take it or, or apply for it early, or it's increased for each month that you delay up to age 70 or early, as early as age 62. It doesn't matter what your full retirement age is, whether it's 60, uh, 66, 66, or 7, or anywhere in between. You can still start as early as age 62, assuming you're not working, mm-hmm. and you can still delay till as late as age 70 and get delayed retirement credits. Just because they increased from 66 to 67 doesn't mean I have to wait from 62 to 63 to start my benefit. I can still start at 62. I just have a bigger discount because I took it 12 months earlier. We still Full retirement age is the age that your benefit is calculated. And then the month that you retire dictates how much it's either reduced or enhanced from that point. And it's important to know that because some people want to start taking their benefits even though they're still working. Uh, they, I mean, and it you, might be at age 60, or full retirement age, that you're still working, but yours is the lower benefit. And we have a couple people that still fall into the age gap that can uh, start receiving a spousal benefit off of a worker who is actually receiving their benefit. Is this the last year of that? Uh I, gotta I think go back it and, is. Yeah, it might be getting close. I we're close. I think that's the last year. But, okay, so the 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 point of all this is that social security decisions are complex, and I personally don't believe, as I said before, that no matter what decision you make, I personally don't believe you're ultimately you yourself are, are ultimately going to regret it. The only way you can is if you live too long and you took your benefits too early, and you actually go back and pay attention to what you would have been receiving. And you happen to look at it. People are not going to go back and say, gee, what could I have had after 25 years? I've been taking it for this long. You've adjusted your lifestyle to that point. Right. It would be nice to have more, but you don't have but it. You would have given up some early, but so people are not thinking about it at that point. No, but people are. who defer are definitely thinking about it. And like I said earlier, that first check that comes in there are just... They're having a good time. Well, they're having a good time, but they're saying, okay, I have this benefit. I sure hope I don't die in the next two years because I could have had eight years of payments or however many long it's. Or in my case, I'm going to wait until 70 unless they change the rules on me. Not for my benefit. For your spouse. For my wife. Yeah. Because I do believe she will live a lot longer than me and my benefit is larger than hers. If you want to take a look at this decision kit, uh, just just, uh, shoot us an email. You can go to freedecisionkit.com. 
com, which tells you, of course, our decision kit is free. You can download it. Just give us your... Truth in advertising right oh, there. Oh, it really is. Now, it's about 50 pages, It's but it's downloadable. You don't have to print it out. You can have it there. It'll give you different a whole bunch of questions and answers, different scenarios, family benefits, survivor benefits. I mean, we've got it all, all divided up into different sections. And as I said, there's a decision tree on there, which will allow you to potentially make a better decision about your social security if this then that if you want it again you can give us a call or just go right to the website freedecisionkit.com i'd like to as we as we finish this particular season of podcasts and we'll be starting up again here in a couple of weeks with season two and we're going to be bringing in different advisors and all that stuff to talk to them about some of this stuff but i'd like to maybe once per season if not twice do some kind of social security thing Okay. I mean, it's easy for me because I tend to research and study this stuff Well, it is. Now, if, a you, lot. if you folks have any questions about Social Security, things that you, maybe the decision kit didn't answer or, or uh, questions that you just have as a general nature, let us know. And then we may be able to talk about them on a future podcast because this is important and it's, it's, it's one of the biggest things that people think about when they're retiring, that guaranteed income. All right, we're out of time. I appreciate you folks being here again. You can go to freedecisionkit.com to get that free decision kit. You can also talk to us here at Lucia Capital Group if you need to get in touch with Professor Plum or any of the Lucia Capital Group advisors. Talk about your Social Security decisions, how it integrates potentially with your portfolio. Give them a call, 800-644-1150. That's the off-air number, 800-644-1150. And uh, talk to anyone, one of them. Professor Plum's always got his eye on everybody, and it all goes through him. All right, for Professor Rick Plum, I'm Johnny Dean. Thanks very much for listening, folks, and we'll talk to you again real soon. The information provided should not be considered specific tax, legal, or investment advice and is not specific to any individual's personal circumstances. To the extent that this material concerns tax matters, it is not intended or written to be used and cannot be used by a taxpayer for the purpose of avoiding penalties that may be imposed by law. Each taxpayer should seek independent advice from a tax professional based on his or her individual circumstances. This material was gathered from sources believed to be reliable. However, its accuracy cannot be guaranteed. Different types of investments and or investment strategies involve varying levels of risk and there can be no assurance that any specific investment or investment strategy including the investments purchased and or investment strategies devised by Lucia Capital Group, will be either suitable or profitable for a client's or prospective client's portfolio. Thus, investments may result in a loss of principal. Accordingly, no client or prospective client should assume that the presentation or any component thereof serves as the receipt of or a substitute for personalized advice from Lucia Capital Group or from any other investment professional. The information provided is based on current laws, which are subject to change at any time. Lucia Capital Group is not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. Social Security rules can be complex. For more information about Social Security benefits, visit the SSA website at ssa.gov or call 800-772-1213 to speak with an SSA representative. Case studies are hypothetical, are for illustrative purposes only, are not guaranteed, and subject to potential federal and state law amendments. There is no guarantee that you will achieve the results discussed or illustrated. You should always seek counsel of the appropriate advisor prior to making any investment decisions. All investments are subject to risk, including the loss of principal. The investment professionals are registered representatives with and securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor and member FINRA SIPC. Lucia Securities LLC was acquired by LPL Financial August 2020. The investment professionals of Lucia Securities LLC are now affiliated with LPL Financial and are conducting business using the name Lucia Capital.